Today we'll be finishing up the seven last words of Jesus on the cross. The seventh word is found in Luke 23, verses 44 and following. The Bible says it was now about the sixth hour. Darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour, for the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Truly this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breast and went away. But all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. You know, as we look at this seventh and last word, as Jesus surrendered to victory, we look and recognize the fact that Jesus died as he lived. That being said, that could be said of all of us, I think, in in this world today. We die as we live. Some people die kicking and screaming, and that's pretty much the way they live their lives. I have been around people who have cursed God and died. They have cursed God throughout their lives, and why should that last moment of life be any different? Charles Lamb wrote of a friend, He parted this life on Wednesday evening, dying as he had lived, without much trouble. St. Francis of Assisi was asked what he would do if he knew he would die at sunset. And he replied, I would finish hoeing my garden. I have got people in mind that I know that that would be true of them as well. They asked a restaurateur what he would do, and he said, I would slice the ham thin. Handel, the author of the Messiah, said that he wanted to die on Good Friday, which would have been appropriate for Handel as well. But we see in this scripture where Jesus addressed God as Father. He, his first word on the cross was, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Father, his last word on the cross was addressed to the Father. You see, he says that into your hands I commit, I commend my spirit. He died like a child. Quoting here, this was a Psalms 31, 5. As he is quoting this particular verse, this was a bedtime prayer used by Jewish children in that day. The only thing that he added was the word Father. They prayed this prayer, Psalms 31.5, as they went to sleep at night. And Jesus knew that he was in the arms of the Father. And it was his final word, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. You see, God allowed his word to become flesh and dwell among us so that we can behold his glory as of the only begotten Son of God. You see, into his hands he commits his spirit. You and I have that opportunity every day of our lives 
When we wake up before our feet hit the floor, it is an opportunity for us to commit ourselves, to commend our spirit into the hands of the Father, for He is the one who actually holds our future in His hands. Well, you know, we see what had happened. It was now the sixth hour, Luke says. We know that He was crucified at about 9 a.m., and that at noon, three hours later, everything went dark. I was thinking in my own devotional time early this morning that it was kind of interesting when the Scripture says the sun stopped shining. You see, the true sun, the Son of God, the S-O-N, was the focal point for not only all humanity at that particular time, but for all of nature. So the sun in the heavens needed to be blotted out so that the Son of the Father on earth could be amplified. I like that. I tell you, all of nature was in empathy with what was going on at Golgotha, there at Calvary. Then the Bible says that that this, as Jesus breathed his last, there was, Matthew records, there was an earthquake that hit stones literally broken too. And the Bible says that the veil of the temple was split, Matthew would add, from top to bottom. Now, in the temple of, of Jerusalem, there were different sections. There was the court of the Gentiles, the court of the women, the court of the men. And then as you get into the Holy of Holies, there was the, the place of the priest. And there was this one place that was considered the Holy of Holies. It had a throne where God was invited to sit. And it was a place where only the high priest entered and only once a year, that was on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. You see, the Bible says specifically that when Jesus gave up his spirit, breathed his last, the veil of the temple was split from top to bottom. Now that, that veil or that curtain of the temple was 80 feet high, 24 feet wide, and several inches thick. It was a massive curtain, a massive veil that absolutely indicated to the people that the only one who had access to the Father, was the high priest. Well, then we read Hebrews chapters 9 and 10, where Jesus became our high priest. Now, you and I, who have trusted in Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, need only to go through Jesus to have access to the Father. The Bible says that the veil of the temple was split in two from top to bottom, which means it was not a work of man, it was a work of God. God was the one that that allowed us access to himself through the sacrificial atonement of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, on that cross that day. Boy, you don't have to go through a pastor, you don't go through a priest, you don't go through sacrifices anymore, there's no... You don't have to go through to the temple, to the place where we are today, to the church building. You don't have to have access to the Father through any other means than Jesus Christ himself. 
He has become our high priest. He is the one that ushers us into the presence of God. He is the one through whom we have access to the Father. Oh, you know that I travel worldwide and I see people in different environments, different cultures, different religious practices. And there are just so many religious practices that have been placed upon their shoulders that if you don't do this particular practice properly, then you have no access to God. Others feel that you've got to have a specific priest or a holy man to have access to God. The reality is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, he is accessible to you by Jesus Christ, his only begotten son. The veil of the temple was split in two from top to bottom. It was the work of God. God took the initiative to send his only begotten son into this world that through him we might have access through to the Father and have life abundantly. You see, the Bible tells us Mark would add that the centurion in verse 47 said truly this man was a righteous man Mark would say the centurion's response truly this man was the son of God you can imagine the centurions at the foot of the cross they heard all seven statements from Jesus on that cross sometimes it took days for a man being crucified to die it was a horrible uh, Death that just kind of inched your life away through suffocation and pain. And yet they had seen the first words of, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. They had heard his, his recognition of the thief's request. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Truly, this day shalt thou be with me in paradise, Jesus responded. We've seen how Jesus turned the responsibility of his mother over to John the Apostle. We've seen all of this transpire. We've heard his words. It is finished. And then, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. We know these words. The centurions listened to them themselves. And as the sky turned black at high noon, and as... As the bird stopped singing, the breeze, the wind probably stopped as well. Everything was silent in the remorse of that moment where Jesus felt even forsaken by the Father. Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, he cried, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And then in this moment, you see where the centurion is awed by it all. Others were awed. The Bible says that some people had gathered witnesses' sight. They beat their breast and went away. It could have been a, an act of remorse, a regret, of repentance in their own hearts. But those few friends that Jesus had, the women and the few friends that stood there were amazed. It's over. It's over. On this Palm Sunday, there were so many people singing Hosanna, save us now is what that means. As they were spreading their garments and palm branches in front of Jesus as he had this triumphant enter 
entry on that day into Jerusalem. This Palm Sunday, they were expressing their love and and their joy over Jesus Christ himself. Mm. But they recognized him as the prophet from Nazareth. And as a prophet from Nazareth, they were hoping maybe he would just turn out to be the Messiah. Maybe he would be the one to restore the throne of David. Maybe he would be the one to restore Israel to its former prominence. Maybe he would be the one, like Judas Maccabeus some 200 years earlier. Maybe he would be the one. They didn't recognize him then as Messiah. And it just seemed like on that particular day, their hopes and dreams were dashed. Maybe something good could come out of it, they were thinking. Well, as they, the Bible says, but all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a dense distance watching these things. Well, like the centurion, salvation was given to all who would simply trust him. I think for you and I today in this, in this life, in this age, some of us in the audience today have been raised with such religious overtones, such religious ideas that we have access to God the Father only through the church or only through religious principle, through religious practice. Only through the recitation of certain things we have access to the Father. Maybe it's through chanting. Maybe it's through saying a prayer. Maybe it's through worshiping in a certain form or fashion. Or maybe it's worshiping at a certain place, at a certain time, and a certain day. We've we've accepted all of these religious traditions over the generations. And Jesus is simply saying to us, It's not that difficult because access to the Father comes to us, but only through Jesus Christ. But he comes to us through Jesus Christ. And it's the simplicity of the gospel that really hangs a lot of people up who have been trained in religious tradition. It can't be that easy, they say. There's got to be more to it than that. No, there's not. When God broke the, tore the veil of the temple from top to bottom, this massive curtain that separated common person from God, we have access to the Father. Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. It's over. Now, I fall asleep in your arms as the small children used to say. New life. Jesus said in John 10.10, I'm coming that you might have life and might have it more abundantly. The thief, Satan, the enemy, the adversary of God, comes in to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, but I am come that you might have life, might have it more abundantly. The enemy comes bringing death. I come bringing life, not just in this life, to enjoy Him, but a life eternal and everlasting. I'm come that you might have life everlasting. Wow, 
What a joy on this Palm Sunday. We can shout, Hosanna, Lord save us, and recognize the fact that that work of salvation has been completed on that cross. John said when he baptized Jesus, behold the Lamb who takes away the sin of the world. Worthy is the Lamb, Revelation says, to receive honor and power and glory. He receives majesty. He receives everything that we have. It's all His. It's all His. Well, the Bible continues by saying, when Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When He had said this, He breathed His last. He was able to cry it out and bowed his head and breathed his last. Wow. I don't know about you, but this week, I'll be completely thinking about that. Every every day this week, well, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 10 a.m., I will be talking about the activity of Jesus in that final week of his life on that particular day. What happened to him on Tuesday? What happened to him on Wednesday? What about Thursday? And then on Friday at 10 a.m., we'll be talking about a Good Friday service, and we'll have a service starting at 10 a.m. this Friday. And we'll talk about that day as well. Good Friday. Why do they call it good? We want you to join with us as we worship the Lord. But you're out there today, and maybe you've just had a struggle with this. Uh, time, there's hardly a, a time goes by that I don't talk to somebody who has just been struggling with the chains of religion around their neck. Somebody who has been struggling with all their expectations that religion has placed on their shoulders through their parents' expectation, through relatives, through, through husbands, wives, children, whatever the case might be, parents. And yet, the simplicity is that when Jesus breathed his last, the veil of the temple was split by God to give us access to him through Jesus. It's that simple. I don't know where you are when you're listening to this message, either on Sunday morning or sometime through the week. But you need to know that God loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son that if you would simply believe in him, you shall not perish but have everlasting life. And that's that simple. That's simple. Would you pray with me? Father, we just thank you for this day that you've given us for this blessing that's ours. Lord God, I I just pray Many have the yoke of religion around their necks that's so cumbersome that it's so difficult to travel to that next place. Father, I pray that you'll be with us today, that we might know you in a way that we've never known before, perhaps, that we might be drawn closer to you. Father, as as we look at this experience with Jesus on the cross, breathing his last, and quoting those last words of him. Father, into your hands, we commit our spirit as well. Into your hands, as the clay to the potter, 
we recognize the fact that the potter knows exactly what he wants to do with the vessel that he is fashioning. And Lord, make us into that vessel that that brings you glory and brings you honor and, and helps you create your purpose on this earth. Lord God, I pray that if there's anyone listening today, that they will hear in a way that brings you glory and brings them salvation and peace that passes all understanding. Father, thank you for sending your only begotten Son. We thank you and we praise you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I invite you to listen to this invitation and respond appropriately.